Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Jesus said that sin as a lifestyle brings spiritual bondage. And no person can free themselves. The reason unbelievers don't know that is because they're deceived by Satan's lie. If I would say to you, well, you know, you're in bondage, you're in spiritual bondage. I'm not in spiritual bondage. I'm fine. I don't do any of those things you even talked about. No, no, no. You're, if you sin as a nature, that's what's the nature you have. Your result of that is spiritual death and you're in bondage. So the first step to finding freedom is to come out of the dark. Paul leaves us no room for middle ground. Either we're loving and serving one another, or we're attacking and destroying each other. Paul gives us two lists of behaviors. The first is unsettling just to read. Fighting, jealousy, immorality, rage. Who would want to be any part of that? When we follow our sin nature, we fail to love. We choose to ignore that which is good and indulge that which leads to darkness. Does your life resemble this list of awful behaviors? Facing this truth might be hard, but Pastor Mark gives us the answer to find the solution to this bondage. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Let's join Pastor Mark in the book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 19, for our continuing study entitled, Walking with God in the Light. What's a simple definition of sin? Here it is. Write it down to all of our campuses. Sin is simply disobeying God. It means that I'm then walking apart from God. Since God is light, I'm now walking in darkness. Common sense. Sin. S-I-N. I rule my life. Now, I'm going to break down sin for you, show you what it really is. There's two major kinds of sin. One is called missing the mark, where I I try to do right, but I blow it. Everybody here, Christian or unchristian, knows what that means. The second one is really a transgression, which means I know I shouldn't do that, but I did it anyway. Now, I'd like to say to you that I've never done that so far today. Don't laugh at me. Got it? So understand. You, got, you need to understand today the difference between sinning, a one-time sin, and a pattern of sin. Hugely different. So as you begin to see that, let's turn in your Bibles to Galatians, and let me explain it to you. Let me explain it to you. Look at, on the overhead, you'll see where Galatians is. There it is. Halfway through, a little less than halfway through the New Testament. Just turn there. Now, just uh, focus your attention on me just for a second. Let me explain this to you. As we begin to read this sample list, 
The sample list includes really four categories. Sexual sins, spiritual sins, social sins, and a personal type of sin. But what it's all about is, it's a pattern of living. It's a lifestyle. So it's every single person, even as a Christian, we still sin. We just, we lose our temper and we lose it for a second. It's not a pattern. It's not a lifestyle. We blow it. John says, if, and he's writing to Christians, if we say we have no sin, we're liars. Because we do sin. But not as a pattern of sin. It isn't something that's, you look at the person, they're always doing that just the way they are. No, 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 no. It can't be a pattern. So listen to these lists that Paul gives us. Galatians 5, go down to verse 19. Now watch this. The acts of the sinful nature, which you and I are born with, are obvious. So here's these types of a sinful lifestyle, patterns of sin. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and then Paul sums it up, and the like. A ton of others. Now, that's the list. I'm going to break them down for you. But look at the ending of this verse. I warn you, Paul says, as I did before, that those who live like this, who live with a pattern like this, will not inherit the kingdom of God. See, sin is serious. Paul says, don't kid yourself. And the reason he wrote this is people say this. Well, Pastor Mark, you tell me God's a God of grace. He is. So in Romans, Paul heard some people say this. Well, since God forgives, I just sin all the time, baby. I'm loving it. I just ask God to forgive me and everything's perfectly all right. Paul said, don't you dare say that because you're not saved. See, those that live this pattern will never go to heaven. That's pretty strong. That's right in our face. He's not talking about one sin. He's talking about a pattern. So what are these categories? The first category you see there is sexual immorality. The term in the original language is pornea. That already tells you something. That simply means that's where we get our word for pornography. And it speaks of sexual immorality in a kind of a broad sense. It says, if your pattern of life includes adultery and, of course, or fornication, sex before and outside of marriage. He said, if that's your lifestyle, you have no chance of going to heaven. Not, not falling once, but that's your lifestyle. So what does that say to us? Today, we have problems with that as we move through because people just live together before they're married. No, no, that, that, if that's your lifestyle and that's the way you're going to continue, no, that's not going to work. Here's a person that has an affair on his wife or vice versa on her husband. And they blow it once. Well, Matthew 5 says, we're to forgive that spouse and restore our marriage. But Matthew 5 and Matthew 19 also say this. If the pattern of adultery, he's done it five times. She's had seven affairs. They continue. Every, that's when Jesus says, time out, finish the marriage. Get with somebody else. 
See, God's gracious. It's not a one-time deal. It's an ongoing pattern. So be careful. And let me just say this, because sometimes I, I kind of get in your face because I want you to understand this. Young lady, if you're dating a guy and he claims to be a Christian and he says, I love you, man, I love you. Prove it. Come on, go to bed with me. Let me tell you something. Find you a different young man. Did you hear me? You said, Pastor Mark, I'm that guy. Then get saved. Don't be sleeping. Now, if you already lost your virginity, start brand new today. God's gracious. Hallelujah. But we can't be a bunch of Christians. You know, I have people in our campuses this morning that are sleeping together, living together, and they wonder, well, that's not a sin, is it? I just read it to you. And sometimes they come to the office, and it's a great thing, and they want to go through premarital, and they have the same address. So I know what I'm talking about when I meet with them. And here's what they say, and don't laugh at this. They said, well, we knew we were coming to see you, so we've stopped sleeping together. See, that is the wrong reason. It's not me. It's not the church. It's in the eyes of God who is holy. So be careful. It affects all of our life. The next word there is spiritual idolatry. Now, this is the hard one. This is the worship of anyone or anything more than God. As a lifestyle, idols in our lives can be money, possessions, job, family, boy, girlfriend, hobby, sport. Of course, myself, I can be the biggest idol. So S-I-N is just S-I. I live my life the way I want. I'll drop my church when it's time. But I'm not like going to serve God. I'm doing my deal. You're not a Christian. It's not a one sin. It's a pattern. Next. By the way, who is supposed to be first in our life as a Christian? Who is? How do you know that? Love God first. Now, the next group of sins that you see there are social. Notice the words. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy. What is that all about? That's how we treat one another. You can't be treating others as a pattern with those kind of sins. We all blow it individually. But it can't be a pattern. Not only does your bracelet say love God, what does it say? Love who? The people. You, you can't be a negative, critical, always tearing down people. Pastor Mark, that's my nature. I know that. That's your sin nature. You're supposed to be changed. Amen? Now, what's going to happen tonight? Well, we come to the last category. Here it is. This is kind of personal. And notice what Paul says. Drunkenness and orgies. How does all that happen? What is drunkenness? It's not having a beer. It's not having a glass of wine. I don't do that, but it's not that. It's excessive use of wine, beer, any strong drink. A person that's impaired in any way by any type of alcohol is sinning. If you routinely, once a month, get drunk, you're sinning. That's a pattern. It's dangerous. It's a lifestyle. And be careful. Now, what happens after people get drunk? Orgies. Riotous parties that are filled with sexual promiscuity and drunkenness. Any of you have gone to a university, that's what happens normally in the party houses. Can I say that gentle enough? <laughs> but let me tell you, 
how disastrous that is. See, there is pleasure in sin. Could I hear an amen? That's why you sin. That's why I sin. There is pleasure. But we never see the end result. You take a young gal who's been in church or whatever, not even in church, just naive, goes to college first time, gets invited to a frat, uh, a frat party, has a few drinks, they put a Mickey in it, gets drunk. Pretty soon the next morning, what? She's lost her virginity. She's been abused. Now she's pregnant. Now she's going to have an abor- uh, abortion because of what? Drunken orgies. So, Pastor Mark, that doesn't happen. You're going to see that in a moment from a place I just came from. So be careful. Be careful. These kind of things, and then Paul just says, and the like. So we don't understand what that looks like. Paul's going to say that's bondage. You've lost your freedom to do what you know is right. John writes about this book, and most unbelievers do not understand the fact I'm going to teach you right now. So turn in your Bibles to John chapter 8. John writes it. The Gospel of John. John chapter 8. Go right there and go down to verse 31. Jesus is speaking to some Jewish people. Now notice verse 31, all of our campuses. Remember, unbelievers are not going to know this truth that I'm going to give you in verse 34. Look at verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, this is our sticky note, if you hold to my teaching, you're really my disciples. In other words, if, you're, if your pattern of living is not going to be sinless, but if your pattern of living is to walk with me, then you're really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now notice what the Jewish people responded. They answered him, Jesus, we're Abraham's descendants, we're Jews, and we've never been slaves of anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? Now, I want you to look at me. I want you to ask you a question. Anybody ever hear of the word exodus? What was the exodus? It's where the Jewish nation was slaves in Egypt for how many years? 400. Jesus. We've never been slaves of anyone. Really? You're Jews. You know the history. You're celebrating the Passover was what got you out of bondage. And the next verse, unbelievers do not know. If you're an unbeliever, you do not know this truth. Look what Jesus says. I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins as a pattern, as a lifestyle, is a slave to sin. Jesus said that sin as a lifestyle brings spiritual bondage and no person can free themselves. The reason unbelievers don't know that is because they're deceived by Satan's lie. If I would say to you, well, you know, you're in bondage, you're in spiritual bondage. I'm not in spiritual bondage. I'm fine. I don't do any of those things you even talked about. No, no, no. You're, if you sin as a nature, that's what's the nature you have. Your result of that is spiritual death and you're in bondage. So the first step to finding freedom is to come out of the dark. But you're going to see you can't come out of the dark alone. So I want you to write that. Here's the key. Everyone is born in sin. They have a sin nature. They sin by practice and because they have that gene. And next, here's the key to coming out of that. Unbelievers need someone, not a program, someone, a person to free them from this lifestyle of darkness. Last week, I got up at 3 a.m. and flew to Los Angeles, and I was with a group of people, 50 leaders from around the world. Well, the last night, they took us to this place 
called the Dream Center in Los Angeles. What happened in this place? In 1994, one young man, Matthew, came and he started this Dream Center. It's an old hospital. It looks fantastic today, but, you know, 20-some years ago, it was a piece of junk. He started a church there. He just went to start a church. And everything was empty. It was dilapidated. It was over with. His first few services, he had two people. He thought, well, I'm going to quit. This isn't going to work. Whatever. Today, if you look at that, all these buildings, and by the way, they own blocks and blocks and blocks now in L.A., Every month, they minister to 50,000 individuals and families. 50,000. What do they do? Let me read it to you. We do this through mobile hungry relief, medical programs, residential rehabilitation programs for teens and alcohols, a shelter for victims of human trafficking. You'll see that in a moment. Transitional housing for homeless families, not people, their whole families. Foster care, intervention programs, job skill training, life skills, basic education, Bible studies, and more. We work to meet people where they're at. We bring them hope and, and away off the streets. We went to a ward. It was a human trafficking ward. When I speak of human trafficking, it is the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. 27 million, mostly girls, people held in bondage around our world. In the United States, 17,000 men, women, and children are trafficked into the United States every year. And then, of course, domestically. Kids leave home, get to Vegas, get the Sunset Strip, where this is right near, and pretty soon they're in this huge, horrible bondage. The biblical counseling at the Dream Center is able to rescue, rehabilitate, and set free those victims by trafficking. It was one of the most emotionally moving things I've ever experienced in my life. And then they took us to a room. In the room, we walked down the center of it, there was about 100 guys, 18 to 25. And then at the end of the room where I ended up going, there was about 75 girls, same age group. And we began to hear their testimonies of where they'd come from, from the life they'd come from. Most drugs, alcohol, of course, prostitution, being abused all their life, all this kind of stuff. No hope, no chance, bondage to the worst thing you can ever imagine. Now, I'm talking about 18 to 25-year-olds. And then in the middle, they brought 12 from their teen program, 12 to 17. This little girl right here gave her testimony. She's 12. Her life of prostitution and drugs and bondage started with her stepfather, abusing her from about age eight for years, and mother didn't care. As they begin to give their testimonies, you know what you saw? Changed lives. They have a one-year program. And at the end, we had to hold hands. And I was up with the, with the young girls, beautiful young girls, and I held their hands. I'll never be the same. Because those girls... Their past, you and I wouldn't even want to think about it. But as I looked in their faces, the joy of the Lord was there. How did that happen? That didn't happen with a five-step program. That happened with the power of God that ministered to those young ladies and the men. They're free, free, freed from darkness. How? Not by a church, not by a religion, 
but God, who is the light of the world. And I held there and I looked at them, and I knew as I looked at their faces, they were smiling. They weren't thinking about their past. That's been forgiven and forgotten. What are they thinking about? Their future. My friends, that one dream center now has a hundred of them in the United States. But I want to say to you this morning, you can be free, but you can't free yourself. It has to come from someone who can free you. Who is that? Jesus, the light of the world. Amen. How did they get free? How did they start it? Here's how they did it. They had to repent. They had to repent of their sins. And then they had to ask God to forgive them. See, forgiveness and freedom from sin starts with an event of salvation. Let me show you a verse. It's so powerful. He, God, is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom. You can't work for it. You can't be a church member. He purchased our freedom on the cross with the blood of his son, and he forgave our sins. I'm not talking about a religion. These girls, when I held their hands, 18, 19-year-old, I I wouldn't even want to think what that lifestyle was like. But they were new. They were changed. But see, that event of salvation, the reason they're in a year-long program, that event can't begin to finish what God wants to do. Once we're saved, there's another step. Here's step number two. This is where we come in, those of you that are Christians already. We have to walk, walking in the light with God continues by obeying God's word. See, once you're free, you have to fight Satan because he'll want to bring you back. Back into bondage. Notice this verse, Ephesians 5, 8. For once you were full of darkness, notice these words, but now you have light from the Lord. So live, walk as people of light. See, once freed from sin, we have to learn how to walk. That's why they're there. They're learning that when they get out of there and get back to the streets with all those old temptations and all that kind of stuff, they don't have to worry about it. They're freed, but they have to learn how to walk with God and say no to all this stuff. Well, that's where we live. We're not in a program. We're not in a a sheltered housing thing. We have to learn to walk ourselves. Now, I want to turn, take you to a place so you can see what that looks like. Uh, Let's turn to John 8. You're not far away. John chapter 8 and go down to verse 12. John himself wrote this, and of course, he heard this truth. Notice what Jesus says. When Jesus spoke again to the people, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. As we heard from Pastor Mark, this world is full of darkness. It seems like it's getting darker and darker as people give in to sin more and more. The Bible tells us that we must avoid this darkness and sin, but as Christ followers, it's our mission to tell unbelievers how they can be free from a life of sin and darkness. They can be free from the chains of their sins. Are you willing to spread the light of Jesus? You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. 
Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Saturday nights at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Now be sure and tune in next time as Pastor Mark shares how to find complete and whole peace, love, and forgiveness. The darkness that Satan has to offer leads to emptiness and eternal death. But when we choose to walk in the light with God, we live a life that has fellowship, joy, freedom, encouragement, direction, grace, and forgiveness. This is why God sent His Son to earth, so we may live life in the light. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. And together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world A new hope He is giving Lord, let us hear your lessons for this